You're listening to episode 27 of the Thrive Tribe 419 podcast, The Gaps Diet, with Karen Lake. Prosper, flourish, bloom with your people, your close-knit group, your clan, straight out of area code 419 with the most cutting-edge, controversial, and enlightening information from the most knowledgeable experts in everything mind, body, and soul. Welcome to the Thrive Tribe 419 Podcast. I'm your host, Rose Hollow. Hey Tribe, thank you for joining me. I am so excited to bring you Karen Like, who is a DSC, MS, and CCN. What does all this mean? Well... <laughs> MS is a Master of Science, and she is a certified clinical nutritionist. She holds a DSC in Holistic Nutrition from Hawthorne University, where she is currently teaching, as well as an MS in Human Nutrition from the University of Bridgeport. She is a board-certified clinical nutritionist and a diplomat in Advanced Nutritional Laboratory Assessment called Danla. She's taught nutrition and anatomy and physiology to massage therapy students and acupuncture students at the Academy of Somatic Healing Arts and at Edgewood College of Oriental Medicine in Norcross, Georgia, and has been a guest lecturer in biochemistry at Mercer University's Southern School of Pharmacy. She's also teaching at the uh, Stotzenberger University currently, and she is a certified GAPS practitioner, and she is on the honorary board of the Weston A. Price Foundation. That is a whole lot of knowledge packed into this really wise and interesting lady. I had such a great time talking to Karen. She is so warm and welcoming and such a good teacher um, and gave us so much good information that I have decided to break this episode into two parts because um, I don't want to overwhelm you, yet I want you to hear everything that she has to say because um, I gotta say, you guys, this lady knows her stuff. And if you wanted to know anything about GAPS or treating celiac disease or treating autism with nutrition, this is your lady. This is your episode. The next episode is your episode. You are going to get so much for this. Now, before we get started, I wanted to go over a couple of news items for you. First of all, I want to let you all know that we are having our first holistic health fair in Defiance, Ohio. And I thought this episode would be a great time to announce this because I know if you're interested in this topic, you are going to love the holistic health fair in April. It's going to be on April 14th at St. John United Church of Christ in Defiance, Ohio. And we have so many interesting and knowledgeable um, people, practitioners, um, alternative doctors, um, aromatherapists, uh, all kinds of energy medicine people. Um, Western A. Price Foundation is going to be uh, represented, represented there. You are going to love it. So mark your calendar for April 14th and keep an eye on our Facebook page and on Instagram because I am going to be releasing a whole lot of information about what's coming up with this really cool event. The first time we're ever doing this in Defiance and I am so excited about the buzz it has created and all the people excited about taking part in this and giving presentations. You will not want to miss this if you are a fan of this podcast. 
Okay, second order of business is I wanted to let you guys in on the topics that are coming up because I think we have some really cool guests coming up and really awesome topics. And I am just taking this podcast to a whole new level, you guys. So if you enjoy what you are hearing, please do leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Share it out. Share the love with anybody who needs this information. And uh, okay, so we are going to be talking about women's bodies (laughs) and um, post partum bodies, I should say, and all of the interesting things that go on with that and how all bodies are beautiful. Um, We are going to be talking about um, entrepreneurship and kombucha. We're going to be talking about beekeeping. We are going to be talking about hippotherapy and this has nothing to do with hippopotamuses people this has everything to do with horseback riding um we're gonna be talking about aromatherapy as far as like emotional therapy through aromatherapy which is um, a whole new topic for me we're gonna be talking about emotional intelligence in the workplace um i just have so many interesting guests coming up Um, We're going to be talking about our, in February, about our sex lives. I mean, come on. I am going all over the place with holistic health. We are definitely covering everything mind, body, and soul here. And I think you guys are going to love these topics. So stay tuned for that. So with no further ado, let's get started with Karen Like and the GAPS diet. Enjoy. Hey everybody, I have Karen Like with me tonight and we are talking about the GAPS diet and I always think it's funny to call this a diet because when I say diet, I think of weight loss and it's not about weight loss at all. It's about eating nutritionally. Is that correct? It's eating to restore your optimal body function. All right. That sounds good. So the first thing I always ask people, though, before we get into the deep depths of nutrition and body function, how are you thriving in the 419? I like living here. We moved here to Northwest Ohio about 10 years ago. We had been living in Atlanta, and before that, we have lived all over the country. I've gotten used to putting down roots, making connections, and really becoming quite adept at blooming where I am planted. Things that I really like about this area are the very strong momentum for agriculture. It's not just the commercial large-scale agriculture. It's that everybody seems to have a sense for working the earth. Backyard garden, almost everybody that I've gotten to know well has seems to have a compost pile, and I to me that's where life begins. It's a wholesome, friendly place to live. It's affordable. Things are accessible. It's a good place to live. Food-wise, We've connected with a couple of CSAs, that's Community Supported Agriculture. We have found grass-fed meat that's really grass-fed, not just three weeks before processing, but the real start to finish. Good source of excellent cheese, vegetables, and awareness that the health of the soil has bearing on the health of the food and the health of the people who eat it. Other things, well, it's not like Portland, Oregon, where things like herbs and homeopathy and 
all kinds of alternative healing approaches just fall out of the sky. But those things are here. You just have to look for them. And I think what causes that is that people are looking for real answers. They're looking for something that works. They're looking for something that doesn't break the bank. They're looking at something that can be done on a human scale. Those questions occur to every human being everywhere. And if you look carefully, you'll find you'll find other people here who are interested in those things. And everybody seems to have another piece to add to the whole of the puzzle. So let's talk about the gut and psychology syndrome diet or GAPS. And I, I always feel funny saying diet because this isn't um, what people think as a weight loss thing. Um, diet as in like the way that you eat and nutrition, correct? Mm-hmm. So tell us about what it is. It's a diet. It's a way of eating. It's a way of living that optimizes the way your body functions. And if your body is functioning well, then it makes you more comfortable and more easily able to function in the context of the world around you, to interact with others, to work with the rhythms of nature, in effect. It realigns. It's based on real food, not the processed or refined stuff, what Dr. Weston A. Price referred to as the foods of commerce. And that was back in the 1930s. It's gotten a lot worse since then. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> it's changed a lot since then. Yeah, that's that's the topic of a, or a subject of a whole other session. But yeah, the key points to the GAPS diet, it is not vegetarian. It includes animal protein, such as meat, fish, poultry, eggs, fermented dairy especially. And it's not just the muscle meats in the typical American menu, but nose to tail. It's the organs, it's the sinews, it's the, the joints, the bones. Meat stocks and bone broths, there's a subtle difference in the length of time that something is cooked and what else you add to it, are very important. And what they provide are nutrients that would otherwise not be present if you're sticking to muscle meats. One of the things that comes when you eat a nice gelatinous broth, it's as if it, you were building a house and it provides your body with all of the two by fours and all of the bricks that you might possibly ever want or need. If you don't have those and stick to the muscle meats, then you're getting the amino acids and other components that are the equivalent of your cabinets and your fine furniture and your woodwork. But you still need the two by fours and the bricks. Oh. Okay. So if you're not getting your bone broths, then what you're doing in effect is taking your cabinets and your fine woodwork and your nice furniture and chopping them down so that you can get the very fundamental pieces. So get your bone broth and then the nutrients that you'll get from the muscle meats will go a lot farther and do you a lot better. Every time I go to a Weston A. Price conference, the there's always bone broth and, and meat stock. That's exactly how I imagine a Weston A. Price <laughs> meeting with like everybody sipping bone broth. <laughs> That's it. It's a wonderful drink for breakfast. And it's you you get it with your meal. And then, of course, there's an opportunity to buy it along there. Something that I find, every once in a while, the pot goes dry and I don't have it for a couple of days. And people tend to kind of wind down. And then we get the soup stock, or the soup pot out again, and we make up some more broths. 
And sure enough, within a day or two, people are back to their much more cheery and alive and alert selves. I like that. <laughs> this is so funny because I'm, I guess I'm a recovering vegetarian. And I never had a problem with being vegetarian. But I'm seeing that, well, I grew up about 95% vegetarian. That mm-hmm. was just the way that my mom was. And that's how I grew up. And um, I never ate meat really like intentionally ate meat until I was pregnant with my first daughter which we could go off on a tangent about that because I think that my um, my health affected her health of mm-hmm. course but when I was pregnant I started craving red meat like crazy and I didn't even like red meat but I started craving it and ever since then I've been a meat eater Um, In my previous career, I worked in animal welfare, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people in animal welfare are vegan or vegetarian um, for that reason, because we've seen terrible things. Um, But also, I didn't realize that you can buy ethically raised meat. I had only seen and heard the horror stories about factory farming, Mm -hmm. so, and I didn't know the health benefits of like when you go out to um, Canal Junction Farm and they have the grass fed, the happy cows, you know, out in the pasture, those cows lead amazing lives, you know, mm-hmm. and I now I feel much better about consuming meat, knowing that I can buy meat that hasn't been in a cage, that hasn't been basically tortured its whole life and um, feed myself the nutrition that I need that I didn't know I needed. I mean, this... Um, and I stumbled upon it because I was craving it, which I think is just so interesting, you know, how things change and develop like that. So, I went through a vegetarian stint. Did you? Yes. And I even went to an elaborate six-week training. This was in macrobiotics. And okay. what I found very interesting is that every one of the instructors there told of some instance where he had been, he or she had been craving animal food. Macrobiotics has some good points to it, but it's essentially vegetarian. There was one woman from Croatia, and on the weekend, we stopped our studies and go off adventuring in the area. So there was an ethnic festival. As we drove there, all the way there, she said, and when I get there, I'm going to get this Croatian dish, and it's based on meat. And she described it with such <laughs> zeal. I mean, you could feel the juices dripping down your, your chin and your arm. And we got there. We had barely parked the car. She was out running up the hill, and she got this, and she just savored it. And all the way home, that's all she talked about. And then one of the other instructors wow. said, yeah, I carefully followed my, ate my rice and my fermented vegetables and all of the, and my beans and all of these things. And then I found myself in the mall, standing in front of Baskin Robbins, saying, yes, I'll take the biggest of everything you have. <laughs> <laughs> but your body... Your body does not lie. It lets you know what you what you need. Hey, it's Matt. Do you suffer from panic attacks? I have three steps to quickly stop panic in its tracks. Using two fingers on your favorite hand, step one, tap seven to ten times on your inner eyebrow. Step two, tap seven to ten times under your eye on the orbital bone. Step three, Take that favorite hand and pat your collarbone seven to ten times. 
repeat these steps until the panic dissolves. Stop panicking, start thriving. Go to www.thrivetribe419.com and click on eCourses to schedule a one-on-one session with me today. There's a wonderful account in Weston Price's book, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. He's speaking of South Sea Islanders. There are essentially two tribes, those who live on the coast and those who live inland up on the mountains. Uh-huh. The inland people are essentially vegetarian, but they come down to the coast once or twice a year. Now, most of the time they're totally at odds with each other, always fighting and always antagonism and hostility. But when they come down to the coast, the coast dwellers very happily move by. They even lend them their fishing materials, their, their tools. Please have let us give you some of the things we've caught. Because if they don't do that, the inlander vegetarians become cannibals. Oh! In other words, if they don't get the meat they need, they eat their neighbors. <laughs> so, whoa! <laughs> that is a very strong meat craving. <laughs> Nothing's stopping me. <laughs> oh, wow, I've never heard that before. It's <laughs> one of my favorite episodes out of this book. <laughs> Okay, what book is this again? Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. Okay, yeah, I might have to check that out. That is very interesting. (laughs) Oh, I strongly recommend you you check the resources at westonaprice.org. Okay. Great source of information based on what people ate for thousands and thousands of years before the foods of commerce were introduced and before people depended on technology. Cool. Yeah, but we, we're digressing. So, in addition to animal protein and meat stocks and bone broths, the other anchors or pillars to the GAPS diet are lacto-fermented foods. These are very important because the microbes that live in your gut, and there are ten times as many of them as there are cells in your body. So we're outnumbered. Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot of them. We talked about this on a previous episode um, about the microbiome and I learned some things that really blew my mind and that was something that she talked about was how many there are Uh, yeah we're definitely outnumbered I mean it's a little bit creepy to think about Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) my microbes made me do it (laughs) yeah and there's research behind this now which is really amazing yes yes yeah so it's I I'm just I'm so intrigued by this whole um, subject. There's a lot to it. It's yeah, and it's growing. I mean, there's so much. It's just all the research that I read about it is just mind blowing. It's totally changed the way that I think about health and um, psychology. You know, like mental health. And, oh yes. You know, my husband a long time ago used to always say, "Well, your mind is in your body," and I would say, "Well, how is that possible?" And he said. Well, I don't know how to explain it, but I just know the mind is in the body. Well, now I'm reading all this research that's saying what my husband was saying years ago. And I'm like, is this what you were talking about? And he's like, that must be what I was talking about, except I didn't know it. I just knew the mind was in the body. Okay. (laughs) But I guess that's sort of one way of um, some of the therapy or the behavioral health practitioners think about the mind uh, traditionally is being in the body. So it's interesting to see this connection now being made with gaps. 
And there is a whole nervous system that's integral to the digestive system. But going back to the microbes, they are very adaptable and they adjust and change, increase or decrease, depending on the kind of food you give them. And that gets to the third aspect of the GAPS diet, which is the type of carbohydrates. All right, with the GAPS diet, the carbohydrates are very deliberately selected. If you eat a lot of starches and a lot of sugars, what happens is that they get into your system. The enzymes to digest them are on the tips of the villi, which are like a shag carpet uh -huh. in your intestines. If you do not have the nutrients to keep digest to keep restoring the lining of your intestines, and ideally it turns over and is completely renewed every two to four days. Oh, that often. That often. Exactly. I didn't know that. It's it's fast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But if you don't have that renewal, then the enzymes to digest the carbohydrates are not developed. So if you eat a lot of carbs, which is what the conventional recommendations are now, yeah. to 40 to 60% carbs. That's the food industry giving you your dietary advice. Unfortunately. <sighs> yeah. But that, those carbs sit in your gut. Your enzymes can't digest them. And the microbes move in, kind of like a friendly neighbor noticing that you're having a hard time with something and saying, oh, looks like you're struggling with that. Let us come in and help you. But then the, mi the mi negative microbes come in, they work on those carbs, and they get out of control. They steal the nutrients that are intended for you. They give off toxic wastes, which then are absorbed into your body, change the way you think, change the way you feel, change the way you function. And then you end up with all of this noxious crud sitting in your gut. And you act pretty rotten. Ah, oh, that's what they call grain brain, right? Grain brain is a big aspect of that. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So the carbohydrates that are used in the GAPS diet are carefully selected. You do need carbs. Generally, the, the saying is that you need them for energy. But if you look carefully at the biochemical pathways, there's something else. A lot of the carbs are shunted off to what's called the pentose phosphate pathway. And from that, the body makes a lot of tools, which is it, it then uses to make DNA, to, oper to make proteins, to make fatty acids, to synthesize the other things. And I think we really need the carbs enough to make those tools. And then excess and leftover carbs are either burned for fuel or they are converted to fat. So of the three, three pillars of the GAPS diet so far, we've got meat stocks, bone broths, lacto-fermented foods, and then the carefully selected carbohydrates. That, that's a whole issue in itself. Yeah. And then the fourth pillar is fat. Lots and lots of fat, and it's animal fat. The stuff that has sustained humanity for thousands and thousands of years. Vegetable oils are essentially new to the human diet. They've been with us for a little more than a century. And in the century that our consumption of vegetable oils, vegetable oils has increased, so have cardiovascular diseases, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, neurological damage, uh, ADD, ADHD, the various uh, other neurodegenerative diseases. So fat is good, vegetable oils, no. And this is 
totally opposite of what a lot of conventionally trained medical providers recommend to their patients. Exactly. I find it very frustrating. I've taught nutrition for, oh, 15 years now or so. And I discovered about 10 years ago the mission of the USDA, and that is to provide markets for United States agricultural commodities. Ding, ding. <laughs> I think you said the right <laughs> word there, the market. Yeah, it's where the money is. Sad to say. And ironically, a lot of the things that are grown in what's called American agriculture have nothing to do with food. Most of the soybeans that we use goes into animal, or that, that are grown, goes into animal feed or oils, which is wonderful for lubricating the, your bicycle wheels, but not for your, your body. <laughs> and corn, which is used for fuel, for uh, package stuffing, for all kinds of things, it gets sneaked into food in various ways, but it's not fundamental food that really sustains human bodies. Right. Unless you're starving, it's not um, really good well, even if you're starving, I guess it wouldn't be ideal, but yeah. Well, that's how soy became part of a human diet. People were desperate, they were starving. Mm -hmm. And then they finally realized that they could manage with it to some limited extent. It, keep, it, keep the, it kept them alive right. a little longer. A little longer, but they found that they had to ferment it first. because oh, they don't. interesting. Yeah, they don't, human beings don't have the digestive enzymes to use it. So here again, your adaptive gut flora get in there and the load of unprocessed uh, soybean gets in your gut and they say, oh, this is a lot of stuff we don't know what to do. And as they say about beans, beans, the musical fruit. That's... <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> Once again, your microbes make you do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my microbes fault. I'll just say that next time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hi, my name is Lynn Heitmeyer. My company is Immaculate Marriages and based in Defiance, Ohio. I am an ordained marriage officiant licensed by the American Marriage Ministries. Immaculate Marriages is a unique opportunity for couples of any race, gender, faith-based, or secular beliefs to unite in a beautiful, lawful ceremony. My goal is to provide a beautiful wedding ceremony designed for each couple's unique personality and desires. I will work with the couple to design the ceremony according to their needs. For the wedding ceremony of your dreams, please find me on Facebook at Immaculate Marriages or text me at 419-439-0742. Again, text me at 419 439 0742. I look forward to providing you with beautiful lifetime memories. So the fats that are recommended and that are really a cornerstone to the GAPS diet are animal fats, the fat that comes on meat, bacon, good old bacon. I love bacon. <laughs> Butter. <laughs> I love butter, too. <laughs> exactly. Cream. Mm, yeah. Egg yolks. Uh-huh. And yes, these are all high in cholesterol. Oh, my God. Right. Is Isn't that bad? <laughs> well, what's, what's left out of the equation is that, first off, it's excess carbs that convert, get converted into fat. So it's not so much eating 
high calorie fats unless you override your body's natural regulatory mechanisms. But it's the excess carbs that can get converted into fat. Into body fat. Into body fat. Okay. Exactly. So the fat that we're eating doesn't get stored in our body, per Most se. Of, unless you overeat it. Okay. But if you eat the right amount of fat, which is generally between 40 to 60% of your total calories, your body uses that as its primary fuel. It's like having a nice log just sitting there and generating heat and light. If you depend on carbs and sugars for your fuel, then it's like throwing hands full of twigs on the fire. You get this burst of energy, and then it dies down. I can see why you're a teacher. You're doing a really good job of explaining this. Thank you. Yeah. And my hands are saying so much. <laughs> I wish you guys could see her because she's very animated in the way she's talking about this. It's very interesting. Yeah. But fats make up all of this, our cell membranes inside and out. And the cell membranes are like the roads on which all of the operations happen. Fats are a primary fuel. I mentioned that. Fats, the brain is 60% fat. You need fats for a healthy functioning brain. And cholesterol is part of the fat or lipid content of the brain. The other thing about cholesterol is it is the fundamental material for all of the steroid hormones. For cortisol, which regulates how you manage stress Uh in your day-to-day operations. For all of the sex hormones, which are not just about sex, but about maintaining, rebuilding, repairing, and operating your body. And you don't feel good if those hormones are out of whack. That's an understatement. Uh, Yeah, really. Uh, I'm starting to learn that the way that I ate in my previous life, which was no meats, and really, probably the worst part of it was not that I was eating mostly plant food, but that I was eating a lot of uh, packaged foods, pre-cooked, pre-packaged things. To avoid the meat. Uh, With all those added things in there of the mystery ingredients, I like to call them. Or the fake meats. Yeah. You have to say, wait a minute. Why are we eating fake shrimp or fake cheese or fake uh, steak or whatever? Why not just go for the real thing? Yeah. Well, unless you're lactose intolerant like I am. But I have noticed that... um, when I eat, there's there's a brand called Daya Cheese. I don't know if you know what it is. It's a vegan cheese. Uh-huh. Um, and I, my daughter and I both tried it, which is delicious, but it has a lot of soy in it, and it doesn't agree with us. It really doesn't. I have to take my digestive enzymes before I eat that, and it upsets my stomach almost as much as regular cheese does. Once again, your body doesn't lie. It's yeah. your body's way of saying... I don't know. I don't recognize this. I don't know what to do with it. Please don't give me a yeah. challenge that I can't. <laughs> that do. is exactly what it says. Please don't do this again. <laughs> it's painful, but yeah, that's very interesting. And and that's a plant food, so you would think that it would be okay. You but it's be... just the way that we've been trained to think. And we tend to think of plants as pure and innocent and always good for us, right? But... But plants have their own ways of building up their own defense mechanisms to make themselves inedible so that people and critters don't eat them all and not let them proliferate. That's right. When I was growing up, my mom would always talk about planting one thing next to another. And my neighbor, too, that had a giant garden. Like You plant these plants next to these because 
the critters don't like these and it protects the other ones. Yeah. Wow, I never thought about it that way in your body, though. But yeah, very makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's an innate wisdom there that we tend to forget about. But it's there. And it, if we take care of ourselves and listen to what's going on inside, there's an eloquent and extensive set of messages coming out of there. It's a dance. It is. It's wonderful. <laughs> wow. Cool. Thanks for listening to the Thrive Tribe 419 podcast. Do you know someone who could benefit from the information you just heard? Share the love by sharing this episode. Want to connect online? Check out thrivetribe419.com to leave a review or check out more episodes. You can also join the conversation by searching for Thrive Tribe 419 on Facebook or Instagram. See you next time. Keep thriving.